0: I used to do, I call this, the uh, sermon's got double negatives, and my mother used to tell me about double negatives at time, and used to ask her, what?
1: <laughs> I used to use double negatives, but it's very effective here. Today, for the split sermon, Mr. Ken Barton with You Ain't
0: Even Gonna Believe This. should have already had that done. I got to
1: thinking the other day about when I was in uh, my training as a firefighter when I first got on the actually on company and uh, when I was in training way back in 78 they still had Old-time firefighters, who were a lot of the people that were in the captain's positions
0: and stuff, that were still somewhat
1: reluctant to use air masks. They just, just, you know, they'd done fine all this time. So the, the training instructors were really working at getting it ingrained in us to use them and uh, so their credo was never get off the truck without your air mask. So one of the first, I think the first run that I was on, <clears throat> and it was, a, it was a fire alarm, which most of the uh, people who've been on more than one fire knew that most if it's an alarm, it's probably a false alarm. You know. But it was a large assignment. And, uh, so anyway, I got off the truck with my air mask on. Not breathing air, just had it. you know, <coughs> And uh, noticed other classmates of mine also had their air masks on. But we were the only ones that had our air masks. So when we got back to the truck, my captain said, Brooke, if you need your air mask on, I will let you know. And I thought to myself, well, there's three or four months worth of training just shot. <laughs> you <know. clears throat> but you have to know what you're going to pay attention to and what you're not, I suppose. Now, One of the neat things about God's rules, he's never wrong. If he tells you you should always do this, you should always do this. So, did you ever wonder why some of the things that should have been settled eons ago keep coming up? My opinion is because Satan keeps trying to destroy mankind, right? He does so with the same lies, okay? Adolf Hitler and his propaganda chief Joseph Goebbels, were big proponents of the big lie. Here's the definition of it that's often attributed to Goebbels. And if I'm not pronouncing that right, oh well, I'm not German. (laughs) What can I say? But if you tell a lie big enough, okay, and keep repeating it, people will eventually believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent, for the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie, and thus by extension the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Adolf Hitler used the big lie by accusing the Jews of doing that. I see this happening in America, where one group accuses another group of actions that the first group is, in fact, actually doing. This is how the Office of Strategic Services, a U.S. intelligence organization during World War II, described Hitler's use of it. Its primary rules were, never allow the public to cool off. Never admit a fault or a wrong. Never concede that there may be some good in your enemy. Never leave room for alternatives. Never accept blame. Concentrate on one enemy at a time and blame him for everything that goes wrong. People will believe a big lie sooner than a little one. And if you repeat it frequently enough, people will sooner or later believe it. What am I talking about that brings me to this rant? An article popped up on my computer just the other day, here in February of 2023. It was originally published on May 18, 2011, and it will knock your socks off. NBC News, on NBCnews.com, under the heading of Science News, starts an article off with this headline. Quote, Did God have a wife? Scholars says say that he did. A scholar says that he did. God had a wife. And here I'm going to start it. Don't get up and leave, because it'll get better. Okay? God had a wife, Asherah. <laughs> the book of Kings suggests was worshipped alongside Yahweh in his temple in Israel, according to an Oxford scholar. The end of that quote. That's just a teaser to a story slash article by Jennifer Viegas, who apparently works for Discovery Channel. This is the first paragraph in her article, and again I quote, God had a wife, Asherah, among the Book of Kings, whom the Book of Kings suggests was worshipped alongside Yahweh in his temple in Israel, according to an Oxford scholar. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? So, end quote. To support this, she cites a 1967 work by Raphael Patay, whom she says was the first historian to mention the worshipping by ancient Israels of both Yahweh and Asherah. I'll scoop that in a bit. My feelings that I experienced when reading this article range from incredulity to anger at these attempts to again start up the worshipping of false gods and at the fact that these supposed scholars haven't done even a modicum of study of the Bible to realize that this is, in fact, covered many times in scriptures. It is, in my opinion, that this and another article that I found is a good example of Satan over and over and over and over and over and over again pulling stuff out of his old bag of tricks and having his shills put them out. Keep repeating the lies. Keep throwing it out there. Throw it up there on the wall until something sticks. Just so there's no confusion here. I forthrightly refute this idea as being complete and worthless garbage. Nobody should, even for a second, believe this article in the March
0: 18, 2011 thing. The source is the
1: Discovery Channel. And here I am quoting from what this states, which is a quote of, I believe, Francesca Coppolo by Jennifer Viegas. He's quoting her. God had a wife, I'm not going to repeat that one again. In 1967, the article states, Raphael Patai was the first historian to mention that the ancient Israelites worshipped both Yahweh and Asherah. The theory has gained new prominence because of the research of Francesca Stavrakopoulou, who began her work at Oxford and is now a senior lecturer at the University of Exeter, I'm sorry, at the Department of Theology and Religion at the University of Exeter. And that's the end of the quote by Jennifer Villegas. I'm just so proud of her. Now it appears to me that neither Raphael Patay, Francesca Stavracopolo, the University of Oxford, nor anyone in the University of Exeter Department of Theology and Religion considered reading the Bible to check this out. Anyway, let's move on. Information presented in Stavracopolo's books, lectures, and journal papers has become the basis of a three-part documentary series now airing in Europe, where she discusses this supposed yahweh Ashura connection. Quote, You may know him as Yahweh, Allah, or God, but on this fact, Jews, Muslims, and Christians, the people of the great Abrahamic religions, are agreed. There is only one of him. I'm good so far, right? End quote. And that's what she said in a statement released to the British media. He is a solitary figure, a single universal creator, not one God among many, or so we like to believe. She's throwing a little doubt in there, isn't she? Throwing a little something. After years of research specializing in the history and religion of Israel, however, I have come to a colorful and what would, could seem to some uncomfortable conclusion that God had a wife. Yeah, I think it might be uncomfortable to those of us who believe God's scripture. Anyway, Stav, Copolo bases her theory on ancient texts, amulets, and figurines unearthed primarily in the ancient Canaanite coastal city called Ugarit, now modern-day Syria. All of these artifacts, according to Ms. I'm just going to call her Miss Stav, reveal that Asherah was a powerful uh, fertility goddess. Uh, No. What they reveal is that Asherah was a false goddess that was worshipped in disobedience to God's commandments. I don't see any evidence that is presented or cited that actually demonstrates that she was anything else. Asherah's connection to Yahweh, according to Mrs. S, or Miss S, is spelled out in both the Bible and an 8th century B.C. inscription. This is, this is what they're continuing with here, okay? An uh, 8th century B.C. inscription found on pottery found in the Sinai Desert at a sea, site called Kuntilit Ajrud. I don't find any connection. Oh, I'm sorry. Nowhere in scripture. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere is it spelled out <coughs> that it, not her, because statues have no sexual identity, they're a chunk of whatever, as they are only inanimate objects. Was con- there's nowhere is it spelled out that it was connected to God in any way. The only thing I see Spelled out is that this was nothing other than a false god, only to be shunned and abhorred by God's people. What is spelled out is that God hates and abhors any worshipping of any false gods, which Asherah is one of, and that any and all Asherah poles were to be absolutely and totally destroyed. And we're not going to go into exactly what those were, but trust me, they needed to be destroyed. The inscription According to Ms. S. or Ms. Stav, is a petition for blessing, she says. Crucially, the inscription asks for a blessing from Yahweh and his Asherah. Here was evidence that presented Yahweh and Asherah as a divine pair. And now, a handful of similar inscriptions have since been found, all of which help to strengthen the case that the God of the Bible once had a wife, ending her quote. <clears throat> no. What this is, is evidence that Billy Joe Bob Pottery Maker inscribed something on a piece of pottery. All right? Nothing more, nothing less. I bet you didn't know they had Billy Joe Bob Pottery Makers back then, but <laughs> they did. Oh. Also significant, Mrs. Stav says, or Stav, I'm just going to say Stav, is the Bible's admission that the goddess Asherah was worshipped in Yahweh's temple in Jerusalem. That's not a scoop, folks. In the book of Kings, we're told that a statue of Asherah was housed in the temple and that female temple personnel wore ritual textiles for her. Again, that's Stav's statement. This is covered in 2 Kings chapter 21, if y'all want to check that out. It's not an admission. That is an indictment against King Manasseh and his rebuilding of altars to Baal and setting up an Asherah pole like King Ahab had done. This is just part. 2 Kings 21
0: Through twelve, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: two through twelve. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the detestable practices of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. He rebuilt the pagan shrines his father Hezekiah had destroyed. He constructed altars for Baal and set up an Asherah pole, just as King Ahab of Israel had done. He also bowed before all the powers of the heavens and worshipped them. He built pagan altars in the temple of the Lord, the place where the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. He built those altars for all the powers of the heavens in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. All the powers of the heavens. Note that instead of God, the one true power. Manasseh also sacrificed his own son in the fire. And by the way, this is all uh, PLC, not instead of New King James. But um, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Manasseh also sacrificed his own son in the fire. He practiced sorcery and divination, and he consulted with mediums and psychics. He did much that was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing his anger. Manasseh even made a carved image of Asherah and set it up in the temple, the very place where the Lord had told David and his son Solomon, My name will be honored forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen from among all the tribes of Israel. If the Israelites will be careful to obey my commands, all the laws my servant Moses gave them, I will not send them into exile and from <clears throat> exile from this land that I gave their ancestors. But the people refused to listen. And Manasseh led them to do even more evil than the pagan nations that the Lord had destroyed when the people of Israel entered the land. Then the Lord said through his servants the prophets King Manasseh of Judah has done many detestable things. He is even more wicked than the Amorites who lived in this land before Israel. He has caused the people of Judah to sin with idols. So, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will bring such disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that the ears of those who hear about it will tingle with horror. J. Edward Wright, president of both the Arizona Center for Judaic Studies and the Albright Institute for Archaeological Research, told Discovery News that he agrees several Hebrew inscriptions mention Yahweh and his Asherah. Asherah was not entirely edited out of the Bible by its male editors. Did they try to make it this is the same garbage that is used over and over again. We'll, we'll put a little, somebody's trying to cheat you, you know. Satan is the first guy that I know of that tried this with a lady named Eve. Oh, you won't surely die. God just knows that the time you eat this from that tree, you'll be able to be just like him and know good from evil. They're just trying to keep the good stuff from you. See what I mean? (laughs) I get angry. Um, Traces of her remain, this idiot says, and based on those traces, archaeological evidence and references to her in texts from nations bordering Israel and Judah, we can reconstruct her role in the religions of the southern Levant. Asherah Known across the ancient Near East by various other names, such as Astarte and Estar, was an important deity, one whom was both mighty and nurturing. No again, it was a false god that wasn't anything but a chunk of whatever they used to make it look like what they thought. Okay. <clears throat> it was just an idol. Not important, not nurturing, not mighty. Many English translations prefer to translate Asherah as sacred tree, Wright said. This seems to be in part driven by a modern desire clearly inspired by the biblical narratives to hide Asherah behind a veil once again. Mentions of the goddess Asherah in the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, are rare and have been heavily edited by the ancient authors who gathered the text together, says Aaron Brody, director of the Bade Museum and an associate professor of Bible and archaeology at the Pacific School of Religion, said Asherah as a tree symbol was even said to have been chopped down and burned outside the temple in acts of certain rulers who were trying to purify the cult, the cult, right, and focus on the worship of a single male god Yahweh. I'm with him on that. He finally got something right. Yeah, they were chopped down and burned, as God said, get rid of them. <clears throat> the ancient Israelites were polytheists. Brody told Discovery News with only a small minority worshiping Yahweh alone before the historic events of 586 B.C. Yeah, that was the problem. They were polytheists. And God is God. God. And he is a jealous God. Right? He didn't want anybody worshiping anybody, anything
0: else. (coughs)
1: In that year, 586 B.C., an elite community within Judea Judea was exiled to Babylon, and the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. This, Brody said, led to a more universal vision of strict monotheism, one God not only for Judah but for all the nations. And that was by Jennifer Vargas. She was proud of this. She put her name on this piece of garbage. but so did all those other idiots. All of this, again, smacks of Satan's deception. You won't die, the serpent said. God knows your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. You'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. How'd that work out for us? The goal here is still exactly the same, to have people doubt God's commands against the worship of a false goddess Asherah. And believe a lie rather than God. So here's my scoop that I mentioned because I dug deeply into ancient manuscripts. Ancient works. I found some of the earliest, I believe, references to Asherah. Y'all want to know what it's called, what the ancient works are? Here
0: the Holy Bible.
1: I found him in Exodus 34. This record was made by Moses, reporting what God did for the nation of Israel. So we can call Moses a reporter, because he did, right? He came back down and he told the people what God had told him. That's what a reporter does, right? (coughs) After he freed them from slavery in Egypt, and what God expected from them. It takes up shortly after Moses had broken two stone tablets bearing the Ten Commandments that are to be followed. God had personally written these tablets and had given them to him. Here's what the Lord personally told Moses, starting at Exodus 34 and going through 14. The Lord replied, Listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord, the awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. Then I will go ahead of you and drive out the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods, For the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. I believe that articles like this, and there are other articles, are Satan saying, don't let those snobby people keep you from learning about and worshiping Asherah. You know, the same lie he used about God not telling the truth. They're just a bunch of misogynists, is another line. Those people, like Christians and Jews, are just trying to keep you from knowing more about God's extended family. God does not have and never has had a wife. How do I know this? Because it's not in God's Word anywhere, period. The Word of God is all we have, and the Word of God is all we need. That's when Moses told the people in Deuteronomy 8, 1-3, through 3, I'm sorry, be careful to obey all the commandments I have given you today. Then you will live and multiply, and you will enter and occupy the lo- land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. I'm just going to insert something here. That includes the land we're going to get later. Because he has more promises for us later. Anyway, remember how the Lord your God led you through. The wilderness these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Recognize those words. Jesus used them to counter Satan's suggestion. <clears throat> Matthew 4.4 4. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That was after Satan said, why don't you just turn that rock into bread? The thing is, we must continue to educate our children and ourselves as to God's word. 1 Peter 5:8 said be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now if you lived in an area with actual lions walking around don't you think that parents would be teaching their children about how to watch out for them? <clears throat> don't you think that those parents would be constantly on the lookout for those threats? Some time back, I was visiting with a cousin who had lived in Placerville, California, where they actually had a problem with mountain lions coming down into the city and taking up residence. And it wasn't that they had, you know, a lot of places, small town grows up into a big city and they move into the mountain lions area. That's not what happened. Passerville's been there since the gold rush back in the 1800s. What happened is people started planting flowers and stuff in their, in, in flower gardens and stuff in front of their porches and whatever. And deer love those things. They like to eat those plants, right? So they come down out of their place and ate on them. And
0: guess what? Mountain lions like to eat deer. So they followed them down. <clears throat> he told me there would,
1: would actually be people that would come home or look out in the morning and there would be a, a mountain lion laying on their porch, relaxing, waiting on the deer to show up or whatever. Anyway, so people in that area are taught how to deal with them, just like people in bear country are taught how to deal with bears. Guess what? Peter was talking about the real and true threats that Satan presents today just as much as back then. We need to always remember that all children enter this world with a virtual empty slate. If they're not taught about God and his only begotten Son, and the cause of Adam and Eve's fall, they'll never know about it. Even worse, the children will very likely hear the same lies from Satan's followers that Adam and Eve heard from Satan. Oh, you'll not surely die. We need to realize this. Ever since the fall, God has been trying to get mankind to turn back to him, to get us to realize that Satan hates us, and wants to destroy us and to teach us how to protect ourselves against Satan's attacks. A good example to follow is the action Jesus used when Satan tried to tempt Jesus into eating because
0: of his hunger. Jesus' answer was, no, scriptures say, man shall not, people do not live by bread alone.
1: Men and women, right? Just think about what a difference it would make if we armed ourselves and our children with that ammunition. So then when someone comes along and
0: puts out this story
1: that Asherah was God's wife, after we're able to quit laughing, we can explain to them that, no, that was a false god, and they should go check out Exodus 34 and 2 Kings 21 and learn how worshiping false gods only brought horrible judgment upon the children of God, and it can still bring judgment upon us today. Then stay away from that person Because you now know that that person is a tool of Satan.